Katie Barnes, welcome back to ESPN Daily. Thanks for having me back, Pablo. So I have asked you back because we are in the semifinals of the WNBA playoffs right now. And the Las Vegas Aces, they have this point guard, their star point guard, who you just spent a whole lot of quality time with, Kelsey Plum. And I just don't want to bury the lead here any further, Katie, because we are here to talk about poop. (laughs) We are here to talk about poop. I got lunch with Kelsey at this restaurant called Flower Child outside of Las Vegas. Yes, thank you. Salmon plate and then just two sets of silverware? I had chicken. Oh, yeah, I had both. I had already heard a little bit about young Kelsey Plum picking up poop in her backyard, and I wanted to ask her about it. Yeah, so let's talk about the dog poop. Okay. So we have like a 150 pound dog. Uh, do you know what a greater Swiss mountain dog is? No, but I'll look it up. It's, yeah, it looks like a Rottweiler, but a little bit bigger. And, you know, bigger the dog, bigger the sh. And so. My she dad... used to play horse with her dad, and he would challenge her to these games, and the loser would have to pick up the poop from their giant dog, Riley Jane, in the backyard. He realized, like, oh, I'm just gonna, like, I'm gonna beat her horse. And every time I beat her, she has to pick up dog poop. And nine-year-old Kelsey Plum lost a lot. When I say you have like four different bags, like this is not like one doggy bag. This is like doggy bag, another doggy, like definitely um, that was a motivating factor for sure. <laughs> Gotta say, as, as, as the father of a daughter, brilliant plan by Mr. Plum. Uh, yeah, right? You uh, challenge your younger daughter to a game that you will win. And the loser has to do a task that you don't want to do. (laughs) It's the perfect setup. And Kelsey is just livid having to pick up this poop. And it's not, you know, good enough for her dad, Jim, to win. He's got to let her know that he won. And you would just, and you talk shit. Oh my gosh. So much, so much, so much. And so he's, you know, chilling on the basketball court, taking a nice cold sip of water Meanwhile, Kelsey hears him and is just shoveling these giant poops into plastic bags, <laughs> traipsing all around the backyard. I'm just like, this is bullshit, and I don't want to do this anymore. And she does this for years <laughs> until she can finally pay him back. Years. Years. Oh. When I caught on of like, if I win, I don't have to pick it up. I was out there for hours. Like, I'm not feeling this Finally, they put up, uh, like, the motion-activated lights because it would get dark, you know? We finally got lights and stuff, and I was out there. And then finally, I think, I don't know, maybe 12-ish? That's when I was, like, basically, like, I'm not picking this up anymore. If there's one thing that Kelsey Plum learned about herself in all those times picking up dog poop, it's that while she hated picking up poop, she really hated losing. So the first time that you won, how do you feel? Oh my God, it was just like this feeling of, like, it was all worth it. All the time was worth it. And I would, I just kept winning. And then finally he stopped playing me. He, like, he was like, well, I'm not doing you know what I mean? It took me it took me a couple years. It took me years, but I got it. We were playing the long game. Oh yeah, I was playing the long game. <laughs> that competitive fire was something that was stoked all through high school and college. 
Kelsey came into the WNBA highly touted as the number one draft pick in 2017. But after she entered the league, Kelsey would say that she underperformed people's expectations of her. She has toiled away and played the long game. She, in many ways, has become the adult version of her nine-year-old self stewing in the backyard, patiently waiting for the opportunity to show what she was made of. Kelsey Plum was the single most prolific scorer in the history of women's college basketball. A number one draft pick and a star point guard and a would-be franchise savior who resented the very idea of number two. But the Las Vegas Aces franchise was not the thing that most needed saving. It turned out, she was. So today, with the Aces looking to even their semifinal series against the Storm, Katie Barnes takes us inside the untold story of Kelsey Plum, who is as open and unsparing and self-critical as any athlete you'll hear. And we learn why this season has been unlike any other. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Tuesday, August 30th. This is ESPN Daily. So, Katie, I just want to refresh the memories of our listeners because this is not the first time you've discussed Kelsey Plum on our show before. And she's full of incredible anecdotes, which we'll get to. But you had previously given us one of our favorites, which is the simple detail that she had blocked the WNBA at WNBA on social media. And having now reviewed your reporting on Kelsey Plum, I kind of get it. I really do get it in ways that are delightful. Uh, Yeah, Kelsey Plum is just really authentic in who she is. Uh, Yes, she did block the WBA on social media. She has said they are still blocked, and she has said that publicly. (laughs) She just doesn't take any crap from anybody. She does what she wants, and she says what she wants, and she's her own person. And I think that's embodied perhaps best by the fact that she does, in fact, have her employer blocked. So we will explain why that is, how that came to be in a little bit. But just describe for those who are not initiated into the Kelsey Plum experience, what the Kelsey Plum experience has been like this season. So Kelsey is having a career year. Plum on the drive, the end one! She was the second leading scorer during the regular season in the league, averaging 20.2 points a game. Skip across the baseline, Kelsey Plum adds to her totals and the bench. I've been loving it. Even more than her scoring, she was top 10 in assists for the regular season, which for a player who is known for her scoring mentality, I think that is something that really embodies her growth as a player. But I think one of my favorite things is that, you know, she set the franchise record for the Aces and made three-point shots for the season. surpassing her own coach, Becky Hammond. Mm. And her regular season mark of 113 made three-pointers is the most made in a season in WNBA history by anyone not named Diana Taurasi. Man. So she's having a great year. And so when you watch her on the court, what does that look like? I think the first thing that people likely notice about Kelsey is her motor. She can just run and keep running and then run some more. 
That's one of the things that she's most proud of as far as being one of the best conditioned athletes in the league. She would say she is the best conditioned athlete in the league. And so she's always pushing the pace, pushing the tempo, utilizing uh, her speed, but also her ability to change her speed to get by defenders and into the lane and create and facilitate and finish at the rim, especially because everyone's so scared of her three-point shot. Her shot's so quick. Becky Hammond compared her ability to get off shots quickly and effectively to Stephen Curry. And I think there's some merit to that Mm. when you look at the way that she's able to handle the ball, use her smaller frame to maneuver in and outside the lane and move off the ball. I think that's a really visceral comparison. Yeah, I mean, she's this 5'8 star point guard who is an excellent shooter, an all-time shooter, and also now this distributor. How obvious was it that she was going to be this caliber of good? Well, she entered college as the 26th ranked player in her class. And so she could have gone anywhere, really. She had lots of options, but she opted to go to the University of Washington. It became pretty clear once she stepped on campus that she was going to be good. Kelsey, oh my goodness. And the beat just keeps on going. My goodness, this is just special, Elise. You know, she is an elite shot maker. Her scoring ability is electric and fun to watch and really difficult to defend against. And in college, she just marched toward the career scoring record. Kelsey with two more. Oh, baby. What she is doing. Are you kidding me, Kelsey Plum? She could pop off for 30, 40, and in one case, 50 points a game. All the way to the rack. The game that she actually set the record in, she scored 57 points. Mm. a corner with the left, in the paint, leader up and in, and Kelsey Plum is now the all-time leading scorer in the history of the NCAA. You know, those kinds of numbers generate a lot of attention and create really high expectations. Yeah, I mean, you're describing a person for whom college basketball seemingly was very easy. Katie, what was navigating that whole time in Washington like? It was a bit of a roller coaster, both on the court and off the court. She steps onto campus. She's named captain of her team as a freshman before she even gets to campus, which Mm. uh, ruffled some feathers, I think would be a good way to put it. (laughs) And when we were talking about her experience her freshman year, she talked about this one game against Utah during that season where they win in overtime. You know, she's highly impactful. She's, you know, tied for the team's leading scorer that game. We actually won in overtime, finished the game. It was like a Sunday, like mid the evening. It was pouring rain. And I walked back inside and everyone was living to go to their cars. And I'm like kind of looking around and people were basically just like, like, don't ask. Cause like, we not, you know. And I- None of her teammates give her a ride. So she is just literally left out in the rain. Yeah, quite literally. Like left in the rain. Walks home in the rain. I had to walk through campus around down like my route. And it was just coming down like pouring rain. I just... I got home, I was soaking wet. 
I've never felt so ostracized or alone in my life. And I remember I just got in my room and I just cried. I walked home in the rain because no one liked me. And like no one, no one wanted to give me a ride. And not even not like me, but like no one cared enough to make sure I was home or, you know what I'm saying? It was just kind of sucked. I'm trying to wrap my brain around how it is that the team captain, the obvious best player, the future number one overall pick, how is it that none of her teammates are opening their car door to her? Well, it was a question that she had to ask herself too. Like, what was it about what she was doing that made people not even just not like her, but not care enough to make sure that she made it home? And that was you know, a period of reflection where she really thought about how you know she was yes competitive but she was maybe too competitive everything was about me you know uh, I was young and I didn't know much better but I was selfish I felt like I played selfish I feel like I um, was competitive to a point that I was like angry and like I would you know rub people the wrong way and in order for people to play with you, they have to know that you care about them. So I think those years of trying to figure that out, it took me a lot of like internal growth of like, okay, how can I lead by serving rather, rather by demanding? Over her time at Washington, she learned how to lead and how to lead folks who, were, who had different levels of motivation and commitment than she did. You know, not everybody is going to wake up and go to the gym at 5 a.m. and get up shots and then go to practice a few hours later and then come back for a night session. And that's what she was doing all through college. Mm. Like, people aren't going to do that. Yeah, it's, It sounds like when you've been brought up trying desperately to not shovel shit, the wiring that results can result in all sorts of shit in a different way. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and I think one of the most impressive things about who Kelsey Plum is as a person and an athlete is that she told me all that. Yes. No, Katie. I, <laughs> this is where this is truly remarkable to me. Like in sports, you know this, like the ends always justify the means. They justify the mean, right? Like performance justifies whatever your behavior is. This is this is a place where the best get to dictate how this goes. And she is introspective and regretful in ways that I really never hear so vividly. Yeah. And you, know, you bring up you know, the ends justifying the mean and the mean being performance. You know, Kelsey's relationship to performance is one that has changed over time and really beginning in college during that incredible run. You know, she found her identity completely wrapped up in who she was as a basketball player and in her ability to, you know, put the ball through the hoop. And it came from the record chase in a big way. You know, she couldn't get away from it. Her professors brought it up. There was a countdown in the local paper. It was constant. She was asked about it in TV interviews. I remember people would come up to me and be like, dang, we flew here from Alaska to watch you play and nearly scored 18. As opposed to like you know, having 40 or something. And they're like, dang it, like we're, we came the wrong weekend. And like people don't mean to, but like, you know, you're feeling now you're taking upon this like blown out of proportion expectations of what a basketball player should be producing. You know what I mean? 
Meanwhile, she's trying to elevate her team to do something that she desperately wants them to be able to do, and that's win a national championship. You know, her junior year, Washington made a surprise run to the Final Four before losing in this national semifinals. Right. And that ratcheted up the attention even more. Like right after our Final Four run, you do something like that, right? And it's super fun and exciting. And then you step back and I was like super unfulfilled. The season ends, right? And then it's like, now what? Like, I don't have any identity outside of basketball. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I even like to do. I don't know if people like me if I wasn't going to play basketball anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the more I'm playing, the better I'm playing. The more attention that's coming, the less fulfilled I keep feeling. And I'm like, this is terrible. What she was feeling was this incredible sense of emptiness that the more success she had, the more attention she got. She just felt emptier and emptier. I'm doing all of this. I'm putting all this time and effort and energy into something that I'm not even enjoying. But like the world's telling me that I'm supposed to do it because I'm good at it or something, you know? It was because of this loss of her sense of self that she didn't know who she was beyond the basketball court. And it was affecting her mental health both on and off the court as well. I was having like panic attacks. Like I remember like being on the treadmill and running and then like passing out, just like, and like they were doing blood tests, EKGs, like couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. You know, she was candid and sharing with me that she was experiencing depression and anxiety. And at times, you know, thoughts of suicide during this period of time. And as all of that is happening, the time comes for Kelsey Plum to join the most competitive women's basketball league in the entire world. And we'll get to that after the break. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. With the first pick in the 2017 WNBA draft, the San Antonio Stars select Kelsey Plum from the University of Washington. So, Katie, as you said before, Kelsey Plum gets drafted number one overall in the WNBA draft in 2017. And draft night tends to be, you know, a a crowning achievement, a giant party for everyone, specifically the person who goes at the very top. So what was Kelsey's experience like? So I called Kelsey to ask her about this. And she said essentially that, you know, it's supposed to be this great, amazing moment. And for her, you know, those feelings of emptiness and of sadness that she was experiencing during her senior year at Washington continued. It was supposed to be this obviously like beautiful day and accomplishment. Um... 
and I just remember feeling just super empty, just very like, this isn't, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Okay, well, when they're talking about who's going to be number one, I saw you take this big, deep breath and gulp inside. How nerve-wracking was that? Oh, gosh, Holly. Um, you know, this moment has been coming for a long time, and these last two weeks have been kind of chaotic and crazy. So um, I just touched my sister. and uh, I remember leaving the draft, and, you know, everyone was obviously like, let's celebrate, right? Like, this is super cool. And I just remember saying, like, yeah, 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 I'll meet you guys at the club. I just forgot my wallet. I'm going to go back and to the hotel and just get my ID and then I'll be out with you guys. And I just went home and went to bed and mm. just didn't check my phone and just kind of wanted to be alone. This should have been like affirmation of like why I've sacrificed so much of my life to get to this moment. Right. And all these people are here to celebrate me. And I'm just like, man, like this isn't, this isn't worth even celebrating in my mind. It just felt just super, like, worthless. Just felt like nothing. Like, I was just so checked out. Mm -hmm. I felt, like, just numb, just very numb, very detached. But I do remember, Katie, that in college, when Kelsey Plum arrives as this star freshman, a captain before she sets foot on the court, that the game was always this place where she would flourish, even if off the court there are all of these tensions and issues. So with the San Antonio Stars, which would then become the Las Vegas Aces, as we know them now, what did that locker room feel like to her? How did that rookie season go? You know, it didn't really go as planned, I think. She twisted her ankle in a training camp and missed the first three games. And then she comes in off the bench for her first few games that she actually plays. And only plays a few handful of minutes, but because she's the number one draft pick, you know, she's getting all this attention. Her image is being used to promote her team. And even as the season goes along, you know, she's not scoring 25 points a game. She's not even scoring 10 points a game. I remember coming into games and like the first three plays were just like ISOs at me. Just because we're like, we're just going to go at her. It's <laughs> just like... What? Like, I'm like, you know, my head's in like a whirlwind. Like, what's happening? Like, you can barely score. You, can, you can't guard anybody. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> you're playing like seven minutes a game. Like, and like, people are like, what is wrong with you? Like, you know, and you're like, I don't know. And you're questioning everything that you've ever done, you know? And you're like, am I even good enough to play at this level? Like, did I forget how to shoot? Like, they were trying to milk everything out of me in my rookie year. And... It was brutal. I wasn't ready for it. I didn't want it. And so all this attention starts to feel like it's not deserved. It doesn't help that I'm straight, I'm white, I come into the league. I'm at probably to that point one of the most like overhyped, overmarketed college players that we've seen on the national spotlight every second. Yeah, Katie, you've been on this show before talking about just the conspicuous disparity in visibility and marketing opportunities for WNBA stars and how race seems to be this really important driving factor in who gets what level of attention. Yeah, and I talked to Kelsey for that story. And she talked about being feeling like she was overhyped and overmarketed because she was white and straight. And, you know, the top uh, draft pick and just feeling like everybody is just coming at her. 
And it's during this time that she blocked the WBA on social media. I don't think I handled it well. I, I didn't enjoy basketball. I didn't enjoy life. I just felt like like my value was all in, you know, like my performance. And now I'm not performing. My rookie year, man, it was, it was worse than picking up the dog poop for sure. <laughs> So given the level of expectation that you'd have for the all-time leading scorer in college, who's the number one overall pick, at what point did the word bust, Katie, the Scarlet B, when does that enter the conversation like in earnest? You know, I think it really started to follow her through her second season and into her third season. Her minutes had improved in the WNBA season marginally, um, and so, so as some of her numbers, but her scoring numbers hadn't moved. She was still averaging under 10 points a game. You know, she was effective but not dominant. You know, she was still trying to figure out how she could perform at a high level and also off the court, I guess, and on the court, you know, struggling mentally. You know, all of the things that we talked about that she was experiencing at Washington, that she was experiencing her draft night, those continued. You know, she returned from playing overseas ahead of the 2019 season and actually got a tattoo that says, keep the faith. It's on her right forearm. And that was something that her dad used to say. He would go, plumber, keep the faith. And that was something that she really was trying to hold on to, to get to the next practice, the next day, the next game, just sort of keeping one foot in front of the other while also still experiencing anxiety around whether or not she would be able to perform at a high level or, you know, she also was experiencing depression. You know, she said that, you know, she was still experiencing suicide ideation at different points throughout those first three years Mm. of her career. You know, she also said it wasn't an everyday thing, but it was present. Um, Just feeling super empty, low, very lost in... At the end of the day, though, there was, like, this voice that always just kind of talked to me and just say, like, it's going to turn. Like, it can't be this bad for this long. I was really focused, like, on basketball. But obviously, I know now that I had a lot of things in life that affected that. And I didn't really understand how to how to get myself out of that hole. I remember playing in games and just not feeling like I wanted to play, which is so not me, you know? Like, I just was like, oh, don't f*** up today. Like, Please don't mess up this game. You know, she's still trying to answer that question of who is she as a person and how can she be a really good player that she wants to be? And it's during the end of that 2019 season that she actually gets benched. Um... But, you know, she has these couple of moments of just where she shows these flashes of who we as fans and media expected her to be. And one of those came, you know, when she's coming off the bench late in the season against the Sparks and just erupts for a 20-point game. including just a ton of fourth quarter points. She goes seven for 10 in the fourth quarter. One for three. And the Aces come from behind and win. And during the interview after the game, you know, she's asked this question about like, how does it feel to be the Kelsey Plum of old, essentially? The Kelsey Plum of old. Everybody expects this from you. 
what's your mindset? Because you seem to be unconscious. And you could just see it on her face. Like Asia Wilson has her arms around her. The crowd is on their feet, cheering for her. Yes. And she is visibly trying not to just sob into her jersey in public. God is good, man. I'm so grateful. And And it was this moment where now that I know everything that she has shared with me and with us, I can just see all of those feelings, all of that tension, all of the weight just kind of bubble up through her chest and threaten to pour out of her eyes. It was an incredible moment to look back on in retrospect. Yeah, we got to see Kelsey Plum, like, visibly feel good. We got to see her smile in ways that the fans cheering clearly did not appreciate in the depths that you came to appreciate it after having reported this story. But then, Katie, like in 2020, she can't play basketball for reasons beyond her control. So explain what happened there. So we're in June of 2020. And Kelsey Plum is playing pickup ball in Portland, Oregon. I was playing three on three, like FIBA style. It was five guys and me. The series is tied 2-2. And everyone was like sitting down, tired. And I was like, you guys, we're not ending on a tie. We're going to play game five. So everyone's like, okay, okay. And if we know anything about Kelsey Plum, it's that nothing is ending on a tie. There will be a winner and there will be a loser. (laughs) And the way that she described it to me was that, you know, it's game point. She wants the ball, obviously. I ripped to go, uh, to go right. And then you could just hear it, like, sound like a gun went off. And I dropped immediately. It was one of those things where everyone just walked away because everyone knew. And I just was more angry because I knew right away. I was like, that was it for sure. And she gets up to take a step and immediately falls over. Oh, God. And so at that point, she's like, yeah, uh, my Achilles is gone. But that injury, you know, she describes it, ended up being a blessing in disguise in many ways. It forced her to stop. It forced her to really reevaluate how her life was going and how she wanted to move forward. Um, And in that sense, you know, she emerged a very different Kelsey Plum, both a person and a player. Coming up, the final ingredient to Kelsey Plum's breakout season. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Delicious meat nutritious. 
in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. So it does feel incumbent upon me, Katie, to remind everybody that, yes, we are in the middle of Kelsey Plum's best season of her professional life. And so when you ask her, why? Why is this season this special? What does she tell you? You know, I think there are a couple of things. One is everything we've talked about in terms of the improvement in her mental health. Also, you know, her physical resurgence um, and her commitment to her nutrition and her strength um, and her training regimen, all of that is true. And also there's been a coaching change in that, you know, for the bulk of Kelsey's career, she'd been coached by Bill Ambeer. And now uh, she is playing under first year head coach, Becky Hammond, who also received coach of the year this year for the WNBA. And the shift has been, you know, it's a considerable change both in terms of Hammond's attitude, as Kelsey would describe it, but also in terms of system and scheme. Um, You know, her offense is so much more open. The Aces previously had been known for not shooting threes, which, as we have established by Kelsey Plum, is something she really loves to do. Mm -hmm. And now the Aces have a much more open and fluid offense where there's just so much more room for a player like Kelsey to operate, both on the perimeter and also in the lane. But then there are those intangible things, just like the relationship she has with Becky Hammond. You know, one of the things that Kelsey said to me was that she didn't realize how important empowerment was in a coach-player relationship until she played for Becky. Playing for someone like Becky, it's been... um, It's just been a dream. It's just been like... I would run through a wall for her. And I just feel like the, the most important thing overall is like, I feel like she cares about, it's not just me, I feel like she cares about our team and individuals as people first. And Kelsey was also very quick to say, like, don't get me wrong, like, you know, Becky is tough, like she is on her, but it's a different tone. And that has, I think, allowed Kelsey to find confidence in herself and in her ability as a player and her potential for the Aces team, yes, but also in terms of who she could be when it comes to being a top guard in this league. So the question of who the Aces can be and who Kelsey Plum can be, Katie, at the end here, I I do want to point out, right? The Aces have been this team that has seemingly been on the verge of something really great for a few years now. And Kelsey Plum is, as you've described, just playing as well as she ever has in the WNBA. So how would you describe who Kelsey Plum is at this moment? I would say that Kelsey Plum is an elite two-way guard. 
on the brink of perhaps being a really special player. But I think one of my favorite things about her in terms of, you know, the energy that she brings off the court, that authenticity, that honesty, is when I asked her that question, you know, who is Kelsey Plum? Who is Kelsey Plum? Working on it. It's evolving. Um, Can you ask me next year? (laughs) I'm not there yet. You know, she is just honest and forthright um, and always growing and always seeking to learn and be better. And as a reporter, that made her really, really fun to follow. Katie Barnes, thank you for helping us learn and thank you also for making us better. (laughs) Thanks for having me back, Pablo. You can watch Kelsey Plum and the Las Vegas Aces try to level things up with the Seattle Storm on Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. I'm Pablo Torre, and this has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.